You're now listening to an all-new episode of The Last Men Potting. I'm your host, Ahmad. Back this week with my co-host, Steve, the self-proclaimed Black Skip Bayless of podcasting. Steve, it's been a couple weeks. How the fuck you doing this week? I feel good. Um, I was able to go to the King of Prussia Mall before they shut down the stores and turned it into a FEMA camp. So that was one of my childhood favorites, just to be able to go up to the King of Prussia Mall and, you know, uh, flirt with all the baristas and stuff. Oh, okay. So you said a lot there. Um, <laughs> it's it's a FEMA camp now? No, no. I said before they shut down all the stores, put all the stores go bankrupt and the government turns it into a FEMA camp. You're predicting KOP is going to become a FEMA camp? R- right. Yeah, that's what I was saying. That, that is a grim way to start the fucking podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, you look at all the Walmart, like what are they going to do with all those Walmarts? Are they going to put people in there and, and force them to work? FEMA style. I like how your your only conclusion is that society's just gonna fall apart in a terrible way. And the, yeah. It's just gonna go from it's Walmart one day, the next day it's a disaster site. That's what and happened in Portland. Between. They shut down all the Walmarts in Portland because niggas is stealing. They did. Yeah, you know that. No, I don't watch the news. Like yeah, I, don't, so- I don't keep up with current events. So, like, that's the only other option is, like, is going to be, like, a bunch of in, uh, closed uh, FEMA camps, Walmart now. I feel like you could get a FEMA camp in a worse place than a Walmart, though, because, like, they have everything you need. Like, right. beds, TV. Like, yeah, I would want my FEMA camp to be a Walmart, matter of fact. <laughs> like, they might as well start advertising that, like, you know, FEMA brought to you by Walmart or, yeah. you know. I, I don't know who's the top dog in that equation, but they, they'll figure that out. I don't know either. Is it still Barack Obama? Well, it's, it's funny that you bring up Barack because uh, th- this week we're talking about uh, killing them softly. And he, he features prominently in this movie, like, you know, in the form of news clips and all that type of stuff. And, um, you know, we had been going through a bunch of movies where we were talking about the economy and money and how people are dealing with, um, you know, the current state of things. And I thought this was like a good movie to put a cap on that because it talks about all of those topics, but it puts it like in the world of the underground world of the mafia. So to me, I think like, you know, that's always entertaining, a good good mafia movie, good crime movie. Um, came out 2012, directed by Andrew Dominic. And what he said about why he wanted to make this movie, uh, it, it was adapted from a 1974 book. Um, and he said he wanted to update the story, the setting of the story. And when he started adapting it, he said it was a story about economic crisis and it was an economic crisis that was funded by gambling. And the crisis occurred due to a failure in regulation. And it just seemed like something that you couldn't ignore. So, you know, Steve, you you just was telling me about how Walmart is uh, changing the business plan, turned it into FIBA camps and shit like that. And I wasn't aware of it, but, um, you know, Andrew Dominic saying like you can't ignore this type of shit. So what do you what do you think about all that? And um, like, you know, how these directors are deciding to put that stuff in their art. Yeah, I mean, it makes perfect sense. That's what I would do. I mean, because like, if you got the insider information about what the end of the uh, end of the plan is, you got to warn everybody. It's like, hey, look, you know, this is going to be the end goal for you. So I, I respect it. I appreciate it. So, so we should look at this movie like it's a warning, or it, well, I guess this movie is more of like a reflection on how we got to like this situation because it lays in like a lot of like it. It tracks like that time period of the transition from the Bush economy into the Obama years. And it like like heavy handedly like kind of lays in some clips of like Bush talking in the news and Obama talking in the news and what they're what actions they chose to take, um, you know, for like public relations sake, I guess is the right way to put it. Did they ever uh, say where exactly the setting of this uh, place is? Like, where is it? Like, is it Kentucky? Well, well, see, like in the movie, they don't say it. But I know from the shit that I read about the movie that the book was set in Boston, but they shot the movie in New Orleans. So (laughs) (laughs) it is weird because it's like Scoot McNary is in the movie and his character kind of has like a Boston accent, but like nobody else does. So it's almost like, 
And then like Ben Mendelsohn has a what does he have like an Australian accent or yeah. I, I, don't, I don't even know what accent Hard. he has. So like I don't even know what where the movie's supposed to be set, but I think that also kind of adds to it. it's like it's just a movie about America because like what they're talking about is just like America in general and like the American economy. So I don't even think it really matters where the movie's set. But but I, I just ask that because there's no ingenuity, there's no other opportunities that they present to these other guys. It's just like we have to rob, we have to be dirt balls. Like they they just they don't have any creativity. Like the the whole idea of how America was made, right? Like we're gonna come here, we're gonna search for freedom, you know, we're gonna be independent. Like these guys have none of that. They just it's like yo, fuck it, we're just gonna rob and steal, and we're gonna see what happens and. You know, I, I just don't, I really don't get that. Well, that's their version of independence. Like, like that's, I think that's what independence is at the root. Like, you have the, your choice. Like, it's it's like a choose-your-own-adventure game. Like, you could choose to go on the underworld adventure and rob card games. And, like, like the guy Russell is one of my favorite quotes in the movie where he's like, I'm about to sell these dogs. He's like, and then after I get enough money from selling these dogs, I'm going to buy an ounce of smack. And then I'm going to flip that and, and, you know, put my whole money up. Like, he's he's like the Dave Dash of his area. Like, he's doing his version of it. So somebody else might say, yo, let me go start the neighborhood store and, you know, sell hardware to everybody. This guy's like, yo, I got to buy an ounce of smack and I'm going to put that shit on the street. So, hey. But there's a lot of ways to invest your money. Like I was looking at a clip of Lil Boozy the other day. He said, "Yo, I got, I bought land. I got three tax offices, like he, like H and R Block type of shit." So it's like you could do, you can do a lot of shit with your money. You don't have to buy out to the smack. You go get you an H and R Block or some shit like that. I'm not gonna lie, like if I was getting my taxes done and Boosie came in and it was made clear that he was the owner, like I wouldn't want to do my business there. <laughs> oh, I, 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 I would think, I would think they playing. Like, to be your plan. They're like, nah, dog. Don't give him that tax break, dog. Get him the whole deduction, dog. Yeah. Like, no. See, no. That, that's the problem. Boosie has a lot of wisdom. People just don't want to listen because of the delivery. Boosie is he's he's a very intelligent man. I'm not saying he's not intelligent. I'm saying yeah. I wouldn't let him handle my taxes. Why not? Right. Well, how about you go and let Boosie handle your taxes and then I'll go off your yeah. review. I will. I mean, he gave. Uh, well, I'm like, we'll go there. So we just <laughs> what? Go, no, go ahead. Go, go let's there. Move on. I'm just saying. That's no, what he, bread it is for. Yeah, he, I'm just saying. He gave the way we gave you great advice. He said, "Come on, man. Come right, on, yeah, dog. Yeah, don't go there. Don't go there. Don't go there. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. Like, yeah, that's, that's your. Uh, let's move on. Let's move on. Yeah, you making extra work for yourself. <laughs> I told you it wasn't going to be appropriate. <laughs> Sorry. I told you. No woman, no kids. Beef, you saying you're not going to H&R Boozy? Yeah, you're not H&R going to H&R, H&R Boozy. <laughs> so I'm saying, like, like, you know, like, I'm going to say that that man shouldn't branch out and own a tax office because I'm sure that's a lucrative business, but... Like you said, he he the food on TV. I'm not gonna trust him with my tax money. I'm sure he's a silent partner, and nobody knows that he owns them. Like he owns well, a franchise. So. I, I'm just like yeah. yeah I'm just saying because if I walk in and, and Boosie's the manager, I'm like, what's going on here? <laughs> like, like I also saw Boosie said he's conducting weddings. Like he he's yeah. officiating weddings now. That's what I'm he's saying. A licensed minister. See, like, but that goes to show you how many things you could do with your money. Like you don't have to sell drugs. Yeah, nobody said yeah. Russell had to sell drugs in the movie. He yeah. said that's what he wanted to do. He said, I'm going to sell these dogs and I'm going to buy an ounce of smack. Like, you always like to do that, like, when we watch these movies and shit and talk about what the person should have did. Like, yeah. we have a section later in the podcast, where It's called uh, the Steve uh, the, Cut. Fair enough. Like, like, that wouldn't that would have been we, on the Steve we Cut. Can't talk a, we can't talk about the movie and say what we wanted the movie to be. It's like, yeah. let's talk about what the movie is. All right, fair enough. Yeah. So, um, you know, it's a Brad Pitt movie. Brad Pitt's the star. Uh, I guess you would say Scoot McNary and uh, Ray Liotta are probably like the next leading stars. I like <laughs> Brad Pitt. I, I think he he picks like a lot of interesting movies, uh, but sometimes like he picks, you know, some boring stuff 
um that I can't just get into like that Benjamin Button and all that but for the most <laughs> part I think like I think he has like a pretty good shooting percentage from the field he's like 70% from the field like I, I pretty much like most of the Brad Pitt movies I've he's seen he's better than Will Smith you think he has a better shooting percentage than Will Smith I think so what do you what do you don't think so I don't know because like now well, all right well like what's your top three Brad Pitt movies Oh, uh, actually, I don't know. <laughs> I just know Will Smith picked a couple of duds. I'm just like, why the fuck would you do that? I see. Like, I like this one. I like uh, Troy. Troy's um, great. Uh, I would like. I know Fight Club and uh, is one of his biggest movies, but I don't like Fight Club. I don't like Seven. Like, so I'm kind of weird with that. Like, somebody like his biggest movies, like Fight Club, Seven, Benjamin Button. I don't really like that shit. Um, but like I've seen this movie, I don't know, like five to ten times. And why do you like this movie so much? I didn't think this was that. I great just think movie. it's fun. I just think it's funny. It, it like, is hilarious, but like, <laughs> yeah, like like the, I don't like the comedy. The comedy yeah. speaks to me, and <laughs> I I like movies that are ambitious, like where the director is trying to do a lot of shit in this movie, and it doesn't all work, but. Like when they do the murders, he does the murders like in a very stylized way. Yeah. Like I like the way that he cuts in, you know, the um the news clips and the uh speech clips and he uses that like as like punctuation to what he's actually saying with the plot in the movie. I actually hated that part. Well, see that's what I'm saying. It's like one of those things where it's like you either buy into the premise or you don't. Like, I bought into the premise. Like, I don't think everything works. Like, I think, like, you know, we'll get to that later. Like, some of the shit that I think they should have cut that just doesn't work. But it's also a very short movie, too. Yeah. It's, like, an hour and 40 minutes. And it's, like, one of those movies where it's been on, like, pretty much every streaming service I've subscribed to over the last 10 years. So, it was. it's always, like, one of those movies that, ah, I need someone in the background. Let me throw in killing, killing Them Softly again. And then it's, like, oh, shit, I like this part. So... Yeah. Uh, you that, know, I, the, I just get back into it. That's what this movie is. It's a good background noise. It's about it. Did, did, did you have any any sort of stamp you wanted to put on that shot you feel Will Smith earlier? Like, because he, he just caught a stray for no reason. He, he kind of did. I don't know. I might have been wrong. You know, I threw, I threw shots from time to time. Like, I threw shots at LeBron in the last, uh, the last podcast. I was checked on that rightfully so. Because, to be honest, I do like most of Will Smith's movies. Like, all the men in blacks are great. Hitch is great. It, uh, Hancock is great, so yeah, I, I just think uh, you know Will Smith every now and then he'll try to uh, be ambitious with one of his like super acting shit. Like what's the shit? Um, Bagger Vance, like that's a that's a no go for me. Like he got a couple Bagger Vances in the joint, and I'm just like, come on, dog. Like you could have chose something better than that. Well, what would you say Will's Will's uh, shooting percentage is? Because I, I think that's how we have to start looking at it. Like, what, yeah. what is people's shooting percentage? Uh, you know, I actually would have to. Uh, I would have to sit down and think about it, right? Because because um, I think he shoots pretty high. Like yeah. you know, you named like all right. So Will Smith, like he's been making movies since what ninety two. So that's like yeah. thirty years ago. And uh, whenever whenever he the- took uh, whenever he took back shots in that first movie, like that's when he started. <laughs> he took back shots. I think he just kissed a nigga. <laughs> but uh, Mike might have to clarify that for us. Like, yeah. Mike, you can put you can put that into your search bar. Like, has Will Smith ever taken back shots on camera? It was just, a, it was just a kiss. <laughs> oh, it was just a kiss. No back shots. <laughs> it was just a kiss. All right. Sorry, was so, another one. No, I got it. Yeah, I see, it like, you just be going too far. Yeah, it's like keep my back shots out your fuck. <laughs> <laughs> get slapped. This boy just slapped the shit out of me. Let me look up Will Smith real, real quick. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I like the majority of his movies that I've seen. I think my like my problem with Will Smith was just like he doesn't really ever risk it. Like he does he he does the safe movie. Yeah, like look, this is this is almost like straight bangers for ten years. Bad yeah. Boys, Independence Day, Men in Black, Enemy of the State, Wild Wild West is a dud. I like. I actually um, like Wild Wild West. All right, yeah. um, Bagger Vance is a dud. 
Back Ali, is, is the... Ali is good, but it could have been great. Um, Men in Black 2, that's a dud. No, Men in Black uh, 2 is great. Men in Black, you're wrong. All right. Men in Black uh, 2 is one of the greatest movies. Men in Black 2 is one of the greatest movies of all time. Is that the one with Michael Jackson? Yeah, yeah. I could be Agent M. Like, that's what a great right, movie. I'll, I'll give you that part. I'll give you that part. <laughs> um, Bad Boys 2. I love Bad Boys 2. I love I, Bad I Boys think 2 as well. That's one of the funniest movies I've ever seen. Yeah. Um, I Robot, you can kind of take it or leave it. I've never seen uh, Shark Tale. I, I, I Robot's not bad. I don't think it's good, but it's not bad. Yeah, it's background noise. It's it's yeah. filler. Independence Day is great. Like, like this is when like Will Smith gets into like his filler stretch. Well, after yeah. Hitch, because I like Hitch. I love Hitch too. But but then he started like trying to get off his um his like I want an Oscar Will Smith like yeah that's what I'm saying happiness, like yeah pursuit of seven happiness pounds and all that type of shit. That's what I'm saying. I've actually I've never seen Men in Black three, so I can't even. I've never seen Focus. Is Focus any good? Yeah, Focus is good. Nah, I got. Focus, Focus is like Focus is like the type of movie you want to see Will Smith make more of, like where okay, he's not fighting an alien invasion or a robot invasion or something like that. He just yeah. plays like a little con man, and he's like, you know, fucking Margot Robbie. It's it's a good time. Uh, it's a good time. I think I think Jim Nine Man got a, a a bad rap. I think that's okay. It's passable. You know, like as we were just looking at that, his career reminds me of like Jay Z, where yeah. it's like, yo, you was the nigga in the nineties, like, and you kind of didn't miss for a while, and then you had like that post uh Kingdom Come career where it's like a little commercial, it's a little too commercial, and then every now and then you make some shit for the people. Like I think like fo- like focus is probably like his four four four. It's like, all right, this is the best you've done in a long time. And I think that's probably my issue with Will Smith, right? Because like you said, it, like it's all greatness up until the pursuit of happiness, and it's like seven pounds, and it's like, all right, like fuck out of here, like what are you doing? Yeah, but I'm like, who else has had a thirty year run of like, yo, no, I just don't no miss, I, I I don't miss. No like body. the, the no. only people that have careers like that are like your, you know, like your Daniel Day Lewis or like your Shaw Day, like they make a movie like every seven years or they make an album every seven years, like yeah. you know, because like they only pick the <laughs> one great thing. But it's like if you're gonna make a movie every 18 months, it's like you know, you're gonna have a wild, wild west in there. Yeah. And now that I think about it, what was that shit that uh Leo DiCaprio or Brad Pitt made a couple of years ago? Uh like uh, in- uh, the Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah, that movie was shit. It's not entertaining. It's like, just all over I, the place. It's like what? what I, am I, I like at? what they tried to do, but it, it's I don't like the movie. Yeah, it's shit. It's all over the fucking place. I'm like, what the hell am I looking at? It's like you tried to mix in real history with your like whatever you dreamed up on on your LSD trip or whatever. Like I'm like, what the fuck is this nonsense? <laughs> well, that, that's more shots at Tarantino though, like because yeah. like that's what he likes to do, like you know, uh, revisionist history. Yeah, like, another. I, 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 that's like what the white man likes to do. He likes to oh, see, see this happened, but well, I want to write my version. Yeah, another goofball vanity piece. Go, going back to Will, um, shoot percentage. I'm gonna say Will Smith is probably like 80, 85 percent. I would actually actually first time we agreed in a long time. I think that's about right, like anywhere from 80, 80 to eighty five percent. Yeah, because it's like he 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 shows up to do what you're supposed to do in a movie, entertain. Yeah. Like I I don't think all his movies are great art, but for the most part, they're entertaining. Yeah, Will Smith somewhere right now to tell the truth. <laughs> yeah, that, 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 that was no good. I saw that shit in theaters too. I, I don't know what I was thinking. That's one of the I'm worst. Like, what is this movie? <laughs> it's not a bad. It's just that's just one of the worst African accents. Like it, it sounds like he's trying to do an African accent. Like that's what it sounds like. <laughs> well yeah no he's playing an African guy it but just, I'm saying it, but I know he's playing an African guy but oh, it, sounds oh, it, like, it sounds like he's trying it sounds like now. he's trying to play an African guy like that's what I'm trying to yeah. say like it doesn't seem like he's acting it, it's, it seems like he's trying like, yeah, yeah that's that's no good tell the um, truth 
so like back back to killing them softly um you know the the main thing that i like about this movie it has like so many so many of these actors like from the people you know like you know the brad pitts and the ray liotas and the james gandolfinis and then you have like all of these like background actors that I don't know. I've seen them all in a lot of different movies. Like a lot of them have been in these mafia movies, mafia style movies. A lot of them were on the Sopranos. So I think it gives like that authenticity to that. But like this movie kind of puts like a different twist on it where it it really just like focuses on the bureaucracy of like how this stuff functions. Like how does a hit get approved? Um, how much are we going to pay for the hit? who gets paid, what rate, that sort of thing. And then you kind of have like this middleman that's like judging the quality of everybody's work. So it kind of does like remind you of, you know, politicians and the economy or just like going to work at a business. And it's like, you know, you got this middleman guy telling you what what we can do, what the budget is. And then you're like, well, I can't get the job done for that budget. They're like, well, we'll get somebody else. And like, fine, fuck it. So, you know, it has all that shit in there. So that's why I like the movie so much because it's trying to do a lot of things. Yeah, well, that's one thing I agree with because it's always a guy that's never been in the trenches like, you know, some goofball from overnight takes over uh, like, you know, the supervisor position just because he kissed a lot of ass and he doesn't know the ins and outs of the position. It's just, oh, we got to get this done. We got to get this done. But it's like, we, there's only an X amount of time in the day to get certain amount of things done. So th- that, that's one of the things I do agree with and I can appreciate because, you know, it's always a supervisor you want to slap the shit out of. So that there's no clue about the business, no clue about anything. It's never done the fucking groundwork to actually get the fucking job done. It's just make you want to start poking and stabbing and all that type of shit. So I completely agree with that. Getting a little emotional over there. Yeah, just make you want to start, you know, just stabbing and poking and just like, you know, taking guts out. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, what, what did DMX say? I, I just slapped the shit out you twice. And that's before I start cursing. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. That type of energy. Yeah. So, um, so like getting into the, like the plot of the movie, you have, you have th- this guy, Squirrel. And this is why I think the movie's funny, because you have a guy named Squirrel coming up with this idea that he thinks is so smart that, you know what, I'm going to set up this robbery. I'm going to get these two idiots that I know to do this robbery for me and rob this this game, this card game, because we're going to set up this guy, Marky, who robbed the card game before and admitted to it like an idiot. So this time when the game gets robbed, we're never going to get found out. But what he doesn't account for is that the people that he has doing the robbery are so dumb that they go and fucking talk about it and tell the the um the people who run the game that they that they did it and it like you know all the hijinks ensue after that and it's kind of like telling like these two stories of the uh russell and uh what's the other guy's name the his uh, his idiot friend uh, is that thing's called frankie i think his name is yeah R- R- russell and frankie it's like telling like russell frankie and squirrel's story it's like look we got to get some money that's the only chance we got to get some money and then you got brad pitt has to come in and try to clean up the mess that they made and this time when i watched the movie i realized like it's written and directed and everything for brad pitt to be like the protagonists and like represent the the audience but i looked at brad pitt like he was an idiot this time when i watched the movie i'm like they bring this guy in and he fucks every like he finally gets the job done but he get it he gets it done in such a sloppy way where like there's parts of the movie where he well you know what like the shortest way to say it is he's a guy that thinks he's smarter than he actually is yeah, but you know what's uh like none of these characters have any redeeming qualities at all like this is the first movie i've seen where every character is an idiot the funniest part is like the bank robbery it reminded me of that episode of spongebob where they're trying to get some money and spongebob is like I, i'm trying to tell you you go you go laugh you see the clip he's like gonna rob the bank and he's like Aye. and he's like sir like you're turned around the wrong way he's like, oh all right i'm sorry he's like, get your ass up and he's like, all right, do you want a deposit or do you want to take some money? I was like, oh, uh, I, I guess a deposit. Like, that's what that reminds me of. It reminds me of that clip in SpongeBob. It's like, these guys are so dumb and so incompetent. 
<laughs> and like even with SpongeBob Robinson, man, he's the same uh, stocking cap, the same sock where you can see his face that these guys use in their kitchen gloves or whatever. Like, this is the first movie, like I said, I don't even think there is a protagonist. Like, all of these people are just dumb. Like, they're all antagonists. They're all against each other. I'm like, what am I looking at? That's why I think, like, it's a dark comedy. Like, there's this one part where Brad Pitt is talking to his one, like, flunky, about like, his driver when they're about to go to do the murder. and And he's saying... He's saying, don't fuck it up. And he's like, I never fucked ever- anything up. He's like, the world's full of guys that never fucked anything up. But like, we've been shown up to this point in the movie that this guy is a fuck up. He tries to light a car on fire and he stands too close, of his- close to it and gets hit by the car. So it's like, it's almost like the blind leading the blind in most of these like situations. Like, like you said, when they go into the robbery, he tells Russell, bring the shit for the robbery. He brings dishwashing gloves and, and stockings to do it. And then you have this idiot driving for you when you're going to do a murder. Like, it's like nobody fully thinks out what they're doing, but they all think they're smart. They're like, well, I'm smart. Like, everybody else is the one that's dumb. <laughs> and everybody in this movie is scum. Like, even the guy you just met, like the driver guy, like... He tries to steal the waitress's tip or whatever. He's like, he's like, put the dollar back. Oh, it's just scum. I'm like, every, everybody in this movie is just a scumbag. Like, I've never seen no shit like this. Yeah, it's, it, it is. Um, I'm, I'm trying to. Well, I think like the redeeming quality that you do have is that to an extent, uh, Brad Pitt's character understands what business he's in and he has to explain to. Uh, the middleman. I it, what is he a lawyer? They never really say no, explicitly it, what this guy is. They, I looked up the credits. It, he's just driver like that. He don't even have a name. No, no. The the um the other guy, um the guy with the glasses that he's sitting in the car. Yeah, with. yeah. He's driver like that's his name. They just when call looked, him driver. That's his name. That's, when I looked up the credits, his name is driver. Like on IMDb, he's listed as the driver. All right. Well. Well, I, I I was assuming that he's like a lawyer for whoever runs the mafia. Think, and he's yeah, like, concierge. He, he's I like think it's a middleman. Yeah, concierge. Yeah. I think it's called. Yeah, yeah kind of like what was it? Tom Hagen played that role in The Godfather. So, or, yeah, Kleinfeld um, and Carlito's right like, type of guy. Yeah. Anyway, like Brad Pitt has to explain to this guy like why it's not just the guys who did the robbery have to get killed. Um, Marky has to get killed too because he did the initial robbery that started this whole chain of events. It's like he he started a slippery slope and it's like you guys didn't do what you were supposed to do when Marky admitted that he did the first robbery. You're supposed to kill him then. He was never supposed to get a pass. But so now he has to get killed and then everybody responsible for this current situation has to get killed. And he has to kind of like slow walk the driver up to this point which I think like, you know, like those are the points in the movie, like where he's smart, but then he goes and makes a series of dumb mistakes, like bringing uh, Mickey, James Gandolfini's character into the situation when he never needed to be there. And then acts like it's not his fault when that mistake has to get cleaned up. It's like, you almost got to take your L. Like when you, you made a suggestion, your suggestion didn't work out. So don't act like it's not your fault. Yeah, it kind of reminds you of like the last movie we reviewed where it's like, you know, uh, I took out a, a loan for 85000 I didn't think the market was going to crash. I thought I was just going to run my business. Uh, it's like, you know, you didn't have the proper protocols and the proper uh, backup plans, the plan Bs and the plan Cs to actually execute something properly. So, you know, now you don't want to take accountability. It seems to be the American way, honestly. So see, I think you like the movie because you're you're agreeing with what the director is saying. Because like I, like that that's how the director is positioning all of these scenes. He's positioning it in between politicians and news clips, saying like, "See, this is how America functions from the highest level, where your president is talking about the same shit that these people in the seedy underbelly of the city are talking about and how they operate." I like aspects of the movie, but you know, I, I think that the uh the cinematography is tremendous. I think the acting of it is tremendous, but I don't like any of the characters and I don't like the script. So that that's kind of like where we uh we're left at. 
I guess then now it's it's a uh, fitting that we get into our topics and we can we can break down where you would have made the movie better. Yeah, but I, I'm I'm leaning towards you probably wouldn't have made the movie. <laughs> probably not. No, <laughs> make some movie about some honorable people that have some common sense. Yeah, nobody's gonna go see that. Like, <laughs> <laughs> what is that called? I don't know. Like, like, like please name a movie. Like, I tried to watch Saving Private Ryan last week, I've and like that. that's a movie about quote unquote honorable people making yeah. common sense, and I was bored out of my mind. <laughs> like, they're like, "Oh yeah, we're gonna go save Private Ryan." I'm like, I don't give a fuck if you save this guy. I, I turned it off. Yeah. So. Good luck with that movie. I, I, guess, I guess you do have to make uh, a movie about just a scumbag doing scumbag shit in order to, to make a lot of money. It, I mean, this shit is supposed to be escapism. Like, you watch these movies because you wouldn't do the shit that the people in the movie do. Yeah, to, like, like, feel better about, like, some of the dumb shit that you've done. It's like, at least I'm not yeah. that fucking stupid. I'm pretty stupid, but I'm not that fucking stupid. Yeah, it's like, I'm not Russell, like... Yeah. So fucking um, junky. All right, so uh, what, what's the what's the not how the game is played moment of the movie? It definitely has to be when uh the main character, the Brad Pitt character, Jackie, whatever his name is, he confronts the Frankie guy, and now Frankie is at a crossroads where you can either uh, take your punishment and die. Or you can snitch out your, your your men that set up the whole thing, the squirrel guy, Johnny, whatever you call him. You know, uh, to me, it's like the the fact that you did that and you died anyway. I, I think that's not how the game is played. Like you got to pretty much take your L, take personal responsibility in that moment, and just say, "Look, man, you know, do what you got to do." But I'm not going to tell on my man. Like I thought that was crazy to me. Yeah, no that that was definitely um, not honorable. And he he ended up getting what he deserved immediately for doing that. That's what I'm and, saying. And uh, I think the flip side of that scene, like that that part showed like where Brad Pitt is good at his job because it's like he knows he's gonna kill this guy the whole time, <laughs> but it, it's kind of like that old saying of you know when you slaughter a lamb you don't let him see the blade. And he has this guy thinking he's going to be safe the whole time up all the way to the point where he shoots him in the head. He's still talking to him like, oh, are you going to go pick up your car? He's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to pick up my car. Do you totally fucking pick? And then he's just, then he's just yeah. gone. So, um, yeah, I, I think like that's the ultimate not how the game is played. Like when you, when you end up dying as a result, <laughs> as a result of the shit that you fucked up. Yeah, it's like when uh, you're in that interrogation room and they're promising you this and that. If you snitch on your bed, you still get the same sentence anyway. Like, that that's what that shit looked like to me. Yeah, and, you know, I say it all the time. That's why Trump said, Trump said snitching should be illegal. Yeah. Like, he's like, what's the point? Yeah, your ass going to get your punishment anyway in this life or the next. So, um, my not how the game is played is Marky you know, just getting way too comfortable, like saying like, yo, y'all remember when the games got shut down because the game got robbed? That was me. And like, he's just like cracking up, like shit is sweet. Like he got way too comfortable. And I, like part of that is, you know, whoever was running shit at that time, like allowed him to be in that sort of environment. But that's the ultimate, not how the game is played. Because if he didn't do that, there wouldn't be a movie. You know what that reminded me of? I was watching Primson Cinema, and he was reviewing Belly, and it's like uh, Method Man comes to tell, um, I, I forget, uh, oh yeah, with the Nebraska Goofies, and uh, he's like, he's like drinking something at the bar, and he's like, he's like, yeah, you know, such and such sent me. He's like, yo, what's this nigga drinking truth syrup or some shit? Like, what? Like, who does that? Like, like that, that shit reminded me of. Like, I was like, this nigga Mark is just drinking truth syrup or some shit. Like, why would you do that? I, I don't get this whole thing where people like if you get away with something, you want to tell people, hey, I got away with it. It's like, no, just just be happy that you got away with it. Like, be happy in that own knowledge. It's like nowadays you see these kids, you know, they're like, yo, I just slid on the ops. Here's the gun. Here's the money that I took out of his pockets like and shit like that. And then they post it on Instagram. It's like that's going to come back to you one way or another. Yeah. Well, maybe there's a combination of guilt and vanity there where it's like, you know, uh, 
I, I'm holding on to something that is so uh, vile and, you know, it's it's kind of like poison in my soul. But at the same time, I'm proud about it. So I'm going to brag about it. But like, I'm going to release all these demons by letting you know that I got you. But at the same time, you know, it's like cathartic to a degree where it's like, hey, I got you. And, you know, I feel better now that I kind of got that monkey off my back and, and telling you instead of you finding out or some shit. I don't know. That's that's the only thing that I could think of. You see, like that's why you can't write movies about honorable people because right. like they don't they don't end up in those type of moral <laughs> dilemmas. Like their dilemmas are like, do I do the right thing now or do I do it later today? Like that's, that's all. Like right, you know, like they're never gonna be in this situation with like, yo, I I, I pulled off the biggest lick of all time. Somebody gotta know about this shit. <laughs> like I think I'm really the dick. <laughs> Dude, it's like, yeah, I did it. It was me. I robbed all you niggas. Oh, that's not how the game is played. You can't do that. Fuck, believe this shit. Well, you know, from there, we got to get into my favorite part of the podcast. Wild like a zoo. Just a fucking animal. Bark like a dog. Come on. We ain't nothing but mammals. What kind of animal smokes marijuana at his own confirmation? You bring out the animal. So, animal behavior. Um, th- this movie has so much animal behavior. It took a yeah. it took a while for me to narrow it down. It took a minute um, for me too. I, I, I'm gonna say a couple of the nominees for for animal behavior. <laughs> it's just it's like Russell's character talks about going to fuck a girl instead of going to the meeting with the squirrel, and he says at one point, like you know these girl like. You know, these girls, you wouldn't want to rape them, but the plumbing works just fine. <laughs> and to me, like, you know, that's that's epitome of animal behavior. His hygiene is animal behavior. He's, like, covered in dog shit for half of the movie. Um, I guess you could consider these robberies to be animal behavior. Uh, Mickey, when he comes to town, he's fucking all of the prostitutes. <laughs> like, like, that's animal behavior. Well, what, what else did you have that was animal behavior? Why? Because I want to save mine, but like, um, I want to save the actual one for mine. But one of the nominees was um when they were in the car talking about uh you know fucking girls or whatever, and he talked about like fucking old guys in jail in the car. He talked about having sex with dogs in the jail. I mentioned one earlier: the guy stealing the waitress's tip. That's definitely animal behavior. Like, I don't know why you would do that or think that that's, like, what human beings do. It's like, you just want to steal somebody's tip. Yeah, it's like, put the dollar back. It's like, it's like, what's wrong with you? You fucking animal. Like, like let the person have the tip. Like, so, like you said, there's just so much animal behavior. It was, it was definitely hard to nail down just one, but I'm going to save mine until after you're done. Well, no, so what, what was what was yours? What was My- What did you come up with? Mine had to be Mickey at the bar. Like, he was just an asshole the whole time. He's like, Zekiel, did you walk to <laughs> did you walk to Mount Rushmore to get my martini? Like, what's wrong with you, you asshole? Give me another drink. And he's sitting there, he's like, oh, can I have your beer while, you, while he's waiting to get me another drink? <laughs> and, and then he's sitting there talking about how his wife is having sex with another guy and all of this. And then he gets back and he's like, yo, did you get my man another beer? Like, he's like, you only asked for the one drink. He's like, I don't care. I like, got another beer. Like, you just an asshole the whole time at the restaurant. So I just thought, like, just the way he was, just like how irrational, just how animalistic, just how mean he was, how viral he was. Like, I was like, yeah, that that's animal behavior. That that takes it for me. What's the um <laughs> To, the spit to cocktail ratio in those drinks that you think he was he was getting from that waiter because like I, that always baffles me like when people yeah. talk to waiters like <laughs> shit and it's like what do you think he's doing with those drinks <laughs> especially a martini too because that could just blend yeah. in you just stir it up a little bit it's like yeah a little spit in there stir it up shake it not stirred <laughs> yeah it's it's like um yeah no that that was definitely animal behavior and and I, I think like like uh, Jackie was confused by how much of an animal this guy had become, but right. it also 
Like, I think that also shows how dumb Jackie is because I'm like, this guy just didn't become this level of animal overnight. He had no, to I'm always kidding. be like this, <laughs> like yeah. on on some level. So, you know, another another scene that shows that Jackie's not the brightest bull. No. But um my animal behavior, it, it had to be Russell's hygiene because it's like the whole movie, he's covered in dog shit and he's completely okay with it. And it's even at one point they talk about like the robbery and when they're figuring out who did the robbery, they're like, oh yeah, these guys came in and they smelled like animals. And, and it's like, Russell is so distinctive of a person that like, there's no way to tell that he's not the guy that did this shit. So like being that level of animal and just like being so open and blatant about your plans, like, oh yeah, I'm going to go fuck a girl that, you know, at least her plumbing works. Then I'm going to buy an ounce of smack after I do this robbery. Like he's, he's fully in, in his, uh, his animal side, the whole movie. Wait, dude, he's shooting heroin, like in the fucking room, like he's a heroin addict. Like, what do you expect from a guy like that? I didn't expect much, but you know, no, you, I would think you would at least wash the dog shit off of you. You you get tired of that yourself, but I guess not. I I've never done heroin, so I don't know like what how you know that might affect your sensory. Like he might be, you know, what do they call it, sensory deprivation or something like that. Like, um, I, that, that's over my head. Yeah, <clears throat> um, I do that sometimes. Yeah, I, I, do, I, do, I that. do do that. I do, I do, do that. <laughs> <laughs> what's the what's the get in the box moment of the movie? Like, you know, get in the box for, for those of you that are new to the, the show. Like, it's a moment in somebody's life or career where they just need to hang it up. You know, it's time to retire. And if you if you don't want to retire, we gotta, you know, bury you alive. Like, well, what's the what's the get in the box moment for you in this movie or or it character? Def- <clears throat> it definitely has to be the squirrel guy. Um, I think I battled with this because like I said, like you said, it's there's so many different uh, moments that happen in this movie where you're just like, this makes no sense. But Squirrel breaks down uh, like how he got in trouble doing the one deal and getting the wrong guy with it. So you just hire anybody to do the next deal that you're trying to do. Like it just, I'm like, why wouldn't you be a little bit more meticulous? And he wrestles with the Russell character at first. He's like, no, you can't get this guy. And it's like, why didn't you just go with your gut? Like, why would you get these two incompetent idiots to set up this lick that you, I guess, because they thought the lick was so easy, but you can't think like that. And you you got to be able to be held accountable for your actions. That's a part of leadership. So Squirrel just shows bad leadership. And, you know, I thought that setting this whole thing up was, you know, just get in the box, man. Just, just dumb. Yeah, no, Squirrel was definitely at the end of his rope because he was doing this shit out of desperation. And it seems like, you know, that that's like a common theme for most of the characters. They're doing shit out of desperation. Um, my, my get in the box has to be Mickey. I mean, like he's he's washed walking off the plane. You can tell <laughs> you can tell they probably had to tell him, like, sir, we're landing in 20 minutes. You don't need another martini on the plane. And he just shows up. He's defeated the whole movie. He's talking about, you know, he found out his wife was fucking somebody else. He's about to go to jail for a gun that he purchased legally. And then he's in the he's in the hotel later and he's just reminiscing on all of the pussy that he's had in his life. And he thinks that Jackie's fucking his bitches when he's not there. He's just like a defeated guy. And he even says, you know, I'm not supposed to be up here. I'm on probation. So maybe I'll just take the one murder instead of the two. It's like, nigga, you're not up to any of this shit. Like, you know, go sit down and be a greeter at Walmart. Like, yeah. you know, it's, it's, it's time to hang it up. He's completely lost the ability to be in the moment. Like he's one of those guys. He's like a uh, what do they call him? What's my man named Al Bundy? Is it Al Bundy? Uh, the, the nigga from Married with Children who sticks his hand down his pants and says, you know, I remember back in high school I was the nigga. Like that's Mickey. He's still thinking about when high school when he was the nigga. And it's like, dude, like you got to set new goals. Like you know, you got to. I guess as a hitman, maybe you set a different goal about how many niggas you're going to kill this year or something like that. But I always feel like, you know, in that line of work, it, you know, there has to be some sort of like burnout period, right? Like maybe you get like Chappelle talked about if, as a prostitute, you got 500 fucks. 
maybe as a hitman, nigga, you got like 500 kills or something. So, you know, I, I assume there's a time where you just get burned out where it's like, damn, like I killed that guy. And man, I remember that dude was begging for his life and he's bleeding out of his ears. Like uh, th- there has to be something where like the humanity of you comes out and it's like, man, I killed a lot of niggas. Well, Brad Pitt says that like when he like, you know, says the title of the movie in the movie. I, I always like when they do that in movies. He's, he's like, <laughs> that's the I, he's like, yeah. <laughs> he's like, you know, I, I like to kill him softly. He's like, you know, when you kill somebody up close, he's, it gets embarrassing, touchy feely. I don't like that shit. So, um, I, I think that's probably true. Like, you know, if you've ever seen interviews or, or read um, psychological analysis that they've done on people that have been proven to be murderers, like they all go through the same shit. A lot of them have like alcohol problems or something like that. So, yeah, it's it's not surprising that that Mickey was uh, at the end of his rope like that. Yeah, you know it's funny though. He did like in this movie, Brad Pitt didn't kill anybody softly. Like it's like it's all very no, he shit. he didn't. It, but th- then again, it's like it shows that like, he's kind of an idiot. Like you know, like the way he goes about most of the shit he does is just like who hired this guy? Where'd they find this guy? But it's also too he's the fill in for Dylan. He's a substitute. Like Dylan's the guy. But Dylan's sick. Like Dylan has cancer or something, and he dies. So they have to come and get Jackie to fill in for Dylan, and like th- that's where like all the fuck ups come in. But you know, Dylan was on his shit. Yeah. Like, he was the nigga up, up until a point in time. Like he got sick. Yeah, he, so, he came in. He's like he's like <laughs> roughing Marky up. He's like, did you do it, Marky? They threw him through the window and shit. Threw him outside. He's like, all right, you gotta stop acting like a bitch. Like <laughs> I, I like Dylan. <laughs> Squirrel, Squirrel and Mickey, but both of you guys. Shut the fuck up and get in the box, nigga! So, um, the, the keep it in the comment section moment of the movie. Again, this is a movie that has a lot of them in there. Uh, I, I'm just going to throw a couple of, like, the big ones out. Um, a lot of what, like, the sexual conversation between Russell and Frankie, I, I could have done without. They could have kept that in the comment section. I don't think it really added too much to the movie. Um... You know, when when Mickey's talking about his sexual shit, like at, at a at a certain point, you know, Jackie even hits him with the all right, all right. He's like, look, bro, like I ain't trying to hear all this. Like, you know, he's trying to tell him where to find the best hookers and all that type of stuff. Like he's he's like, look, bro, he's like, you've been fucking pussy for three days. I get all fucked out. Um, and uh, you know, for me, like, well, my main one, I'll, I'll keep for a second. What, what were some of your main? Keep it in the comments. Yeah, sections. that that was pretty much it for me. All the sexual stuff. The only thing that I could think about, like, why it was added, just to kind of show you how these characters are pretty much gone. They're off. They're off to the deep end. It's like there's no saving grace for them. It's like to, I guess, to add more of like the depravity and the animalistic aspect as to why they're doing the things that they're doing. But yeah, like all the sex stuff to me, it was just like, I, that was the the first part where I cut the movie off. I'm like, all right, these niggas are talking about fucking dogs. Like white people have gone too far. Like, why do I need to see this in my entertainment? But yeah, that, that was it for me. So like my main keeping in the comments section was at the end, the very end of the movie, Jackie comes to pick up his money from the driver and he goes in the bathroom to count it. He comes out, it's uh, 30 grand. He he thinks it's supposed to be forty five because it's supposed to be fifteen thousand a piece instead of ten thousand a piece, and I think and you know the guy the driver tells him like you gotta take that shit up with Dylan and he's like well Dylan's dead and he's like well you gotta chalk it up to the game then because you you don't do business right like you called Mickey in Mickey didn't do what you said Mickey was gonna do so we had to pay for Mickey to go away. Like, we're not going to pay you the higher rate and pay for your fuck up too. Like, no, keep all of that shit in the comment section. And, you know, he gets his little speech off at the end about the hypocrisy of that. But, you know, at the end of the day, this shit is business and you fucked up in business. So you got to take your L. Yeah, that's always the funny part to me. It's like, you want to talk about the hypocrisy of it, but it's like, you know, like you said, it's like, at the end of the day, you wasted time as well. Like you wasted time and resources and time is the most important, you know, because you can always go get the bread back, but it's like, man, you find this guy in, you playing games, talking about, you know, you need this guy because it's an emotional connection. Like you're a killer. Go kill. We pay you to kill. Like you talk about killing them softly. Just go kill the nigga. Like what the fuck is the problem? Yeah. But you know, that, that kind of just shows like the breakdown because the driver should have just told him that he's like, yo, 
Mickey's not in the budget, nigga. Like you either yes. do this shit or you die. <laughs> like, yes. like, like yo, like we talk all that emotional stuff. Like just go kill. Like you're a machine. Like ain't nobody trying to hear that. Like oh, like my feelings. Like no, nigga, you kill, kill. Yeah. So um, yeah, you definitely gotta keep that in the comment section. But what what, what would be the the Steve cut? Where where does Steve? change this one, you know, put some more honorable people in or, or change the direction, <laughs> <laughs> change the direction of the plot. Like, what, what is, how does Steve fix this movie? I think that you have to subtract the Russell guy out of the robbery. Like, if you want to do the robbery, fine. But at the end of the day, I think the Johnny guy, squirrel, whatever you want to call him, he should have went with his initial decision, his initial gut feeling. Like, no, like you get him out of here and you never call him back. Like, I think the fact that you thought this was too easy, you thought it was too sweet. But I think that goes to show you the culture of, like, the Marky guy, why he felt like he could just get his shit off and tell everybody. It's like, whatever the culture of this mafia, I'm not quite sure what this specific mafia is, but, like, clearly their culture is off because people think that they can fuck with them. So, like, that that had, like, the Russell guy, you you got to give him his own little script, like, the Russell stories or whatever. He kind of reminds me of like one of the characters out of uh, Grand Theft Auto Five. But yeah, like I, I that that would have been the Steve cut. It's like give Russell his own little uh, subplot or some shit. He can't be part of this robbery. Yeah, yeah, well, if he's not part of the robbery, I don't I don't know where he's at in the movie then. Because like, <laughs> what's the what's the Russell subplot if he's not a part of the robbery? I, I don't know. You got to do some other shit, but like, like it's just him, him trying to flip an Alps. Like. Dude, if I'm Squirrel, there's no way I'm like I'm like this guy is a junkie and he smells like shit. Like, why are you gonna bring him on? Like, you can't do that. I'd have to either I'd have to replace both of them honestly, but. You know, at the very least, the Steve cut is going to be, you know, Russell do some other shit. Like. Yeah, I, I think, like, the only thing I would have changed was make the characters a little bit more intelligent. But at the same time, at least one this smart time. Guy. Yeah, I, I, I think it would have helped to have, like, one intelligent guy that's kind of, like, looking at everybody else. Like, look at all of these fucking buffoons. But... I also see what I saw more this time around what the director was trying to say, because I focused more on the the clips that he interplayed in the movie from like Bush and Obama. And it's like he is kind of talking about like the the stupidity that takes that took place that led the economy to where it's at. And it's like you see it on every single level. So I don't know if I, I would change too much besides, you know, what this the dialogue in the sex scenes. That, like there's not actually a sex scene in the movie, but the dialogue it's just like it, it gets a little graphic at at points. But at the same time, it's like that's some of the funniest shit in the movie. Because my favorite quote in the movie is um, when the hooker asks Gandolfini or uh, Mickey for a tip, like a- after she's done, and he's like, "Here's." <laughs> you want a tip, honey? I'll give you a tip. You put the condom on with your mouth. And you stop acting like your anus is a national treasure. You're a fucking hooker, for Christ's sake. Fuck you. Whoa. And I'm just like, shit like that was funny, but all of the other stuff about, you know, like when I pull it out and I stick it in this hole and that hole, that was a bit much. Yeah, it's, it's, it's stomach turning. You know, also, I think a good cut would have been, you know, because quite as kept Russell is really one of the smartest people in the movie, even though he's a junkie. He's like, yo, I'm going to Montreal. Like, how come nobody ever thinks, you know, all right, we're going to do this. We're going to skip town and start over. Like, I I don't understand it. It's like, this dude, he's just crying like a bitch in the car. It's like, all right, instead of saying, you know what, let me take my bread. Let me go start over in some other hick town and rob some people over there. Makes no sense to me. Yeah, it, it, it always reminds me of like that scene in the wire, like after Weebay kills the shoots the cop in the first season, and uh, Stringer's like, "Yo, where you got your people?" He's like, uh, "Jersey, Cleveland." He's like, "All right, so Philly, New York." I'm like, "No, Texas, Mexico, <laughs> fucking Brazil, like the other side of the world. Like, don't go right up the street. Like, Philly's not that far." So. It always like baffles me, like when people are trying to run away from the ops or from the law, and they, all they do is go to the other side of town. You at least gotta send Weebay to Texas until it calms down, like while it's hot. 
Like, all right, six months from now, when they forget about that shit, we come back, we do some more business. But it's hot right now. You got to go to the other side of the world. It, or at least if you're the killer, like, you got to know, yo, I'm out. Like, yeah. like, 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 I'm not listening to you anymore. Like, I'm the one, I'm the one whose ass is on the line. Like, not you. O- Omar had it right. Like, he hit that lick and he retired up until he was out there with his gay lover and all that. He's like, yeah, you know, uh, what's my man? He died or whatever. He's like, I got to get revenge. But yeah, 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 no, yeah. That's that's the only way to to leave the game. Like, you got to leave the game altogether. Yeah, but even, even when they kill your mans, like, you can't come back. Like, I agree with that. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. like, you just got to be like, yo, like, I left that part of my life alone. Like, because yeah. it, it never, nobody ever has a happy ending. No. Just that, well, the bad here. guy never has a happy ending. Yeah, just stay down there and keep getting your back shots or whatever. Yo. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think this episode is going to be called Back Shots. <laughs> like, that's. <laughs> <laughs> Will Smith's getting back shots. Omar's getting back shots. This is yeah. oh man. I'm not. I'm not, I'm not slandering none of these guys. That's what happened. This is a fact. <laughs> they did it. Like, well, no, we clarified. Will Smith never received back okay. shots on camera. So, so that was. You don't know what happened off camera. I'm just saying it was under the covers. I think. I've never watched that movie. And I saw that clip on watching it. So, Mike, were they under the covers in the movie? I gotta check. You don't have to check. <laughs> like, keep that shit in the comment section. Like, I don't care. Like, <laughs> were they under the covers? Were they under the covers? Who are they doing under the covers? <laughs> hey, so, um, so just wrapping it up here, you know, best scene, best performance. What, what, what do you think for that? Best scene was definitely when, um, the Marky character got shot, like, to be able to kind of reenact that and, you know, the slow motion, the cracking of the glass and, you know, showing like how the bullets went through. And it's like, I thought that was just genius from a cinematography standpoint, you know, and then uh, the car accident where his skull is cracking the glass just to show you that, yeah, even if these bullets didn't kill him, he's definitely dead now after this car accident. So like, I just thought from an entertainment standpoint and just showing like how, how a killing goes, I thought that was just a genius scene from a directorial standpoint. Yeah, no, like the the cinematography is definitely there. Like you know, there's like that shot at the end when Jackie's going to pick up his money. He's like walking through the fireworks and stuff like that. Like they do a lot of cool stuff with the camera. But um, I don't know. My favorite scene is probably I, I was going to say the robbery, but then when I watched it again this morning, it was the. Um, it was the scene like where Mickey and uh, and Jackie are at the bar, and it's it's just like that introduction to the Mickey character. I like I just like that five minutes the most out of the movie. That's probably like my favorite five minutes, like where he's just he's being an animal to the waiter. He's telling his story about like how he's end up in this ridiculous situation, and I just think that's like the best five minutes of acting in the movie. Like you know, it's kind of like a ISO play for for Gandolfini and. Uh, you know, he, he's one of those guys. He definitely died too soon because he was really talented. Yeah, he was tremendous in that movie. I, I, I'll give him that. Yeah, like I, I believed he was drunk. Yeah. <laughs> and like I like Ben Mendelsohn's performance too because it's like he always plays a dusty white boy in every movie I've seen him in, and he plays it like to a T. Like he always plays like a dusty scumbag, like really well. He's like, you my fucking drink. It's like where where'd you go to Texas? The fucking drink at. Yeah, it's like I'm so, trying to get drunk over here. Said, <laughs> so, hey, hey, stop drinking those. You're gonna fall ass. Hey, I was drinking since you were out of your father's cock. <laughs> it's so funny how white people talk. Like, who talks like that? Drinking since you were your father's cock. You understand? I'm gonna take orders from shit bags like you. <laughs> it's like, all right. <laughs> and, and have you ever seen, um, did you ever see the drop? No. It, it, it's like his last movie, like where he plays like a, another like wash guy that used to be the nigga back in the day. <laughs> and it's just funny, like sometimes you see actors they get to this point in their career where 
what I don't know if it's directors or producers where like all they see you as is the guy that was the nigga back in the day. So like that's all you get cast as. Yeah. And it seemed like like his last couple movies, because like he died uh, not too long after the drop. It's like those were the roles people were putting him in. Yeah, like oh, that, that 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 type. Like, what what do you think about that typecasting? Because um, you know, like they always say, you know, certain actors can only play certain roles because like that's all they'll be believable in. Like, do you, you think I, that's a real thing? Hell yeah! Do, do, can you see like that? Uh, Family Matters ruined Jalil White's career, like. How is he going to play anybody? I'm sure Jaleel White is probably a phenomenal actor. He could have had like a great career, but like as soon as you see him, is did I do that? It's like that is Urkel. Like he played that shit too well. He even said it. It's like yo, I can't be nobody. I can't get no roles in Hollywood because I'm Urkel now. Like you can't see him, but nobody but Urkel. At this point, like I, I think if I saw Jaleel White in something, I would give him a chance. Like, cause, like that, <laughs> that uncle shit was like twenty five years ago. Yeah. Like you know you gotta let that man cook at this point. They tried with Dreamgirls. Like he just he he never got no shit after that. Really, I to see him. He's in Dreamgirls. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like it's Urkel. Well, I've never I've never seen Dreamgirls. Like why would I watch that? Well, <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, that movie was hot when it came out. It had everybody that Eddie was in it getting you know doing a little cocaine thing or whatever. Like, I'm just saying movie. the premise, like, I, like yeah. there's nothing entertaining about that to me. Like, I had no reason to ever watch it just because it was popular. I mean, it was a, it was relatively entertaining. Like, I'm not going, you know, shit on a movie like that. Say it's not entertaining. Premise is, is fine. I, I didn't see it. I'm just saying, if if you want to do the Dreams Girl podcast, you got to do that shit with Mike by yourself. Like, why the, I'm not why the fuck would I do the Dream Girls? But now, see, now you're talking shit. Is, is it because I was talking about back shots earlier with a bunch of favorite actors? Like, that's why. Is Will Smith my favorite actor? I don't, I don't think he is. I don't think I. I don't think I have. Yeah, well, I got to, it's I got it's to definitely do, not him. You talking bad shit now? I got to do the Dream Girls podcast. Like this nigga. Yeah, like you don't want to bring it up. Right, never mind. Let's move on. Yeah, for best performance. I thought best performance was Ray Liotta. Like I mean, like he was he was great at the robbery, right? He's just he looks completely shook. Like, he doesn't know what's going on. And it's like, you can kind of see the confusion on his face. I thought he was tremendous. And uh, when he's robbing the uh, the guys trying to get the money out off of the people individually, he's like, it's like, hey, let, let the poor bastard go. Like, it, it, I thought he was tremendous getting his ass whooped. It's like, he's sitting there crying like a bitch. Like, like that shit just did something to him. He's like, oh, he's on the ground. Oh. And he's like throwing up on the guy, you know. Ray Liotta, he was tremendous. I thought, he, I thought he definitely had the best performance. Did feel sorry for him. That's what I'm saying. They yeah. were like, they're, like, they're like, "Are you sure, Marky? You don't know who Ralph?" He's like, "I'm sure, Steve." <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Oh, and, and, and I'm just like, "Yo, please put this guy out of his misery." Like you're yeah. literally beating the food out of his stomach. Like it's like leave him alone. That was another great scene when, uh, like they punched him against the car, and then it's like they did the like white noise type of thing. Like I was like, yeah, that, that like this is some good cinematographer moments in this movie. Yeah, I, I think if they put like a little bit of a finer editing edge on it, like cut like seven minutes out of it, I don't <laughs> see how I don't see how you can't like this movie. It's it's like this is what movies are supposed to do. They entertain you. You laugh. You maybe you maybe it'll make you think a little bit about like you know what he's talking about with Bush and Obama, but you know for the most part, like I, I think it, it gets the job done. All right. Um. So box line score. How, how many boxes? Like, are, are we getting dehydration on the box line yeah. tonight? It's like, well, what is this movie giving you on the box line? This is about a two and a half for me. Like, uh, the the only saving grace is the acting and the and the director. You know the director work, but like I said, the script is just trash, and I didn't like any of the characters. So I was, like I said, I was ready to cut it off when he was talking about fucking dogs at about like ten minutes into it. So uh, it, it's just a little bit too much fucking dogs, and just a little bit too much stupidity for me to be like, oh yeah, this is a great movie. Like th- th- it has its moments, but overall, it's just like you know, I I can't get down with this shit, right? I, I ain't gonna hold you, but you know, all the rest of that shit gives it about two and a half. I, I think this one's a grower, not a shower. Like the first, like <laughs> the first, like twenty minutes isn't the best. 
I like I'll give you that, but I rewatched it this morning and like that last forty five minutes, I, I I think it's great. Like yeah. you know, like the the cinematography, like the scenes, just like you know, it's like one after another. Like you don't really want to cut it off, and you want to see how this thing ends. Um, so yeah, like I, I'm a three and a half on the box line. It's not quite a four star movie, but I've watched this movie a lot. I I like it. You know, it's it, it's in my uh, purchases on YouTube, so you know it's just there for whenever I want to watch it. Like, I watch it every couple <laughs> of years. Like it's it's a good movie. I like it. That's wild. It's like it's like dude, purchases on YouTube. That's crazy. I mean, in fairness to you though, like niggas used to have DVDs and shit. So I guess that's the new DVDs purchases on YouTube. Yeah, because that's like I'm not gonna go out and buy the DVD, but yeah, I, I got a couple movies in there. You know, Baby Boys in there. Every now and then, you got cut on Baby Boy. That's a five star movie right there. Yeah, well, we're gonna have to do Baby Boy at some point. Um, you know, we, we were talking about doing like a rascal dad month of uh, you know, like all the all the rascal dads out there. Yeah. I guess we could we could start that next week with um with There Will Be Blood. I feel like Baby Boy's been done to death though, so I don't know if we should do Baby Boy. Shouldn't do Baby Boy? I don't know if we should. I already know my favorite line though. It's like, is that Jody? That's been with my boo, not paying his bills, not doing a damn thing, bum ass Jody. Like that's one of the greatest lies in cinema history. So he's like, "Fuck it all, my baby mom that can't take care of his responsibilities, mm-hmm. nigga, mm-hmm. use a bitch, use a bitch." Snoop Dogg doesn't get enough credit as how great of an actor he is. Like, well, if we're not gonna do Baby Boy as a whole episode, I do have to <laughs> shout out. Have you ever seen if Baby Boy was set in Memphis? Bitch. No, I didn't know that. You you have to like just YouTube it. Anybody that's out there, just YouTube if Baby Boy is set in Memphis. It's hilarious. Like, oh, you talking edit. about um? Oh, you talking about the homie that be doing if um? He yeah, because I know what you talk. I thought you said it was set in Memphis. I know I know who you talking about. You yeah, said yeah, if it yeah. was set in Memphis. Yeah, because he did the Scarface draw. That shit had me dying too. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. So 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 go 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 check that out. But um. So yeah, this was this was killing them softly. I think next week we're gonna do there will be blood. Um, we're gonna start off our our. Uh, I don't know if we're gonna do a whole month of rascal dads, but you know, th- there's definitely a couple rascal dads, and there will be blood to talk about amongst other things. So we'll be back next week for our all new episode of the Last Men Pod, and thank you for listening.